Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, Cheryl Atkinson here with another edition of Full Measure After Hours, our podcast associated with our Sunday TV show, Full Measure. I'm here with the amazing investigative producer, Daniel Steinberger. Great to be with you again. You know, I don't know if people know, before you worked here with me, you came straight from ABC, right? Yes. Before that, you worked at CBS, the same time I was at CBS. Did we ever meet in person? Maybe once. You were just a young lad. Yes. Working out of Atlanta? (laughs) Yes. So we crossed paths, although we didn't directly work together. And now I snagged him because he really is quite brilliant. We love having him on full measure. Thanks. So. It's good to be here. And we have, a great, we have a great story that we're talking about this week. Yes. This it's is really um, interesting. I just think this hasn't gotten enough mainstream media attention. Not to overplay its importance, but this is the sort of thing you would expect in a neutral environment would be covered from time to time on the news. And it rarely, if ever, is. In fact... Even my conservative friends who follow conservative news have never heard of this. And what I'm talking about is Blexit, the supposed black exit from the Democrat Party, a movement organized by an African-American named Candace Owens. Yeah, she was, she's really, she was really interesting to, she's a firecracker. to, to talk to. We <laughs> went, um, as part of the story, we went up to one of her events in Baltimore, um, and there were probably two, three hundred people um, a, I would say 40% African-American, 60% Caucasian or others. Um, and it was, a, it was an interesting event. I, I, I was really surprised by the venue um, that she was picking. It wasn't like a boring venue, and I even said something to her. Um, and she's like, yeah, I don't do boring. No, she definitely doesn't do boring. <laughs> and she's, she's got lights, she's got um, a whole videos, production. a whole production team. So what she's all about, she says she was working in finance, always considered herself a Democrat, although I might point out, told me when I asked her, she's never voted to this day. But if you'd asked her, she says, I would have said I'm a Democrat because I'm a black American. What else are you? But she had what she calls an awakening after Trump was elected. It kind of started when she said everybody suddenly decided he was racist when Trump had never been called that, she says, and in fact had been embraced by the African-American black rap culture where they spoke, you know, affectionately of Donald Trump or admiringly of Donald Trump in their songs and they socialized with him. And she said suddenly we're to believe he turned racist overnight. That was a media narrative. And that began a further investigation, she says she did, into why so many black Americans vote Democrat almost automatically instead of looking around and doing something that she says is really in in their best interest. So long story short, she started what she called Blexit to encourage other African Americans not to just blindly vote, as she says, for Democrats because that's what they're supposed to do, but to think about it and consider, she doesn't say they have to vote for Donald Trump or Republican, but just to be more independent in their thinking process. So she started this movement after Trump was elected. But it hasn't always been easy for her, and she tells us that as well. I mean, 
she she at the beginning was telling us how she was called a lot of names, um, Uncle Tom, House Negro, Bedwench. These are all words that she told us she was called as names by other by black other, by, by other, black liberals. Right, and so she's had a hard time, and she's she's been in front of Congress testifying on similar issues, and she's been attacked on Congress uh, by members of Congress. Um, she's so, been held out because she left the party. And Republicans like to hold her up, or conservatives as, you know, see somebody has seen the light. She's become kind of public enemy number one. She's a very compelling figure, so they don't like that on the other side, understandably so. So, she, yes, she has fallen under quite a bit of criticism and attack. Some people say she's being used to, you know, by conservatives to shield them from charges of racism or to be able to say, hey... We don't have these issues because, look, we have a prominent African-American young girl who's, you know, taken to us. Therefore, we haven't, we, we're above and beyond criticism. So those are some of the things said about her. Yeah, and I think the other thing um, in all of this is, is, is kind of to keep in mind as you kind of hear about this movement and hopefully watch our story as part of it, um, is that it's not clear or how effective she will ultimately be. And I think she admits that. Um, but she clearly is determined um, to, to make a difference in her mind um, in terms of, you know, in this next election. It may be a little deceiving because at first I looked at her followers and the views that she gets for her YouTube videos and her appearances. I think she's up to more than 1.7 million followers on Twitter. But it doesn't mean, of course, that all those are minds changed or that even a lot of those are necessarily African-Americans who are leaving the Democrat Party. As one sort of analyst we talked to pointed out, she's maybe preaching to the choir in some respects. She's very popular among conservatives. What did Corey Fields tell us? He's a professor at George Washington. We, we spoke to about this. Yeah, um, Dr. Corey Fields at Georgetown. Um, he also wrote a, a really interesting book. Um, Black Elephants. Black Elephants in the Room. And yeah, he said that you know, she's popular amongst conservative circles, um, and I, and he says, I think it's a movement in some ways has really resonated with folks on the right, but they're already there. Um, and so it's it's an open question of how effective she can be, she will be. Um, in moving people. And right. we asked her that. So I said, you know, how, how big do you think this movement is? And she didn't attempt to quantify it to her credit, which would be really hard to do. She said, I think we'll only know after 2020 when we look at the numbers. So let me, let's go over, this is a little bit of history that I looked up. Um, from post-Civil War through the early 20th century, black Americans by and large voted mostly Republican, the party of Abraham Lincoln. The big shift came in 1964 when President Lyndon Johnson, a Democrat, backed the Civil Rights Act. That year, he got 94% of the black vote and no Republican has gotten more than 15% of the black vote since. Donald Trump, they say, got 8% of the black vote. And while that may sound small, and it was less than what Obama had received, I believe it was Corey Fields, Dr. Fields, who said that's average, that that's about what an average Republican got in, vote, in black votes prior to Trump and prior to Obama. So he's riding around the 8%. We'll have to see if in you know 2020 he does better than that do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast let me tell you how to do that for free with anchor 
Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And Trump, I think, um, recognizes that perhaps, I mean, I'm making this up, but Trump, I think, may recognize that he has some work to do with the black community. Well, and that there's potential for growth there is the thing. And he's made some uh, recent efforts. I mean, he had, um, I believe, black entrepreneurial kids um, at the White House, and he's launching Black Voices for Trump, a coalition to try to recruit um, more supporters in 2020. You know, there have been quite a few events the president has done specifically with her four black Americans that I'm surprised when I don't see it covered on the news. I see it on social media, very well attended, giant long lines, African-Americans and big groups delighted to be at the White House, loving President Trump. And then I kind of flip through the news to see if there's even a mention of it, both in print and on the TV. And I haven't seen much of this at all. So I'm not sure why it's not getting any coverage. Even if it's not a massive movement, I think it's still of some significance. Yeah, and let me correct myself. It's not Black Entrepreneurials. It's a Black Leaders Summit. He had in, uh, Yeah, I, I believe it was, um, what was it called? TPA or, um, I can't remember the name of the acronym, but they, they were lined up. This was especially for young Black Americans. And the line shown on social media by some of the people who attended just wrapped around and around. And the people were so excited and enthused and then if you watch the event i mean just the room at the white house stuffed with people very excited very enthusiastic this is not a rare thing trump has done regular events like this since he's come into office that was part of what he said he wanted to do was reach out to black americans but and that's clearly also on it and if you listen to any trump event i mean that's on his trump that's on his stump that's in his basic stump speech that um, the economy is working better and unemployment is down. Especially um, for better, the best, I guess, ever in American history for African Americans. So he's, there's clearly an effort and a consciousness to reach out to. I mean, it makes sense because if you look at changing minds, that is an area that I can see he would think there may be room for movement. Like, where else is there room for great movement? Let's, let's touch upon... A, I guess you could call it a related movement called Hashtag Walk Away. And it was kind of the same idea, a different guy, a gay liberal from New York who said he cried when Donald Trump was elected because he voted for Hillary Clinton. He was so upset to see Trump in office. But much like Candace Owens, he said he started examining what the media was saying. He found some of it, in his view, to be untruthful, kind of did some research and came around to believing The party he had identified with his whole life is, in his view, very divisive, hateful, you know, uses a lot of strong words, but he says they have left the liberal values he holds dear, and he, too, has switched and started this this effort he calls hashtag walk away, encouraging other people to do the same. And I think it's interesting, and I think um, that he's going out there into into the gay community, into other minority communities to try to make that same point. and I think one big point that takeaway that I kind of learned in all this is that there are a lot of grassroots 
movements that are trying to move and persuade um, people to try to you know vote in certain directions. Um, and people are doing it in interesting ways. They're using social media, um, and they're really trying to. It, it's not the same as knocking on doors. This is kind of a, a new way of trying to, you know, gather, getting people to um, to get active in the political process. Well, when the mainstream media, as you call it, is ignoring you or really not covering you, how else would they really be able to reach a lot of people but for the magic of the Internet, which I think some people don't like because they're able to do that. But I think both of them started with, didn't they start with a YouTube video or a YouTube channel that kind of made the rounds? And in it, she sort of played the role of her parents and herself, where she was looked like she was about to confess something horrible to them. But what she was really trying to tell them as a young African-American woman is, Mom, Dad, I'm conservative. And the backlash, you know, in the spoof that she gets from her parents for daring to be a black American woman who says, you know, I'm not with the Democrat Party anymore. Yeah, and Brandon Strzok also did a kind of a sim- another type of video, very um, stark, looking right into camera against a black background, um, and talking about the reasons why he thought the Democratic Party and the, and the values that, that he thought the Democratic Party had were not in line with his values anymore. Um, and then, you know, with some dramatic music, he says, walk, you know, walk, just walk away. Um, so... It's interesting. I mean, yeah. just, you know, the, the people, there's, there's certainly creativity in terms of trying to get some of this attention. Well, and if you watch social media, which I'm on Twitter a lot, Kanye West, a famous rapper who has a new album out that is Christian-oriented and is apparently a Trump fan, he's speaking out loudly, getting criticized for that, sort of with a pro-Trump message. Same thing, saying that... African-Americans shouldn't be told to vote by white liberals, as he said, that, you know, that they have to vote Democrat because of the color of their skin. There are some comedians who are African-American and other personalities who are quite outspoken on this, and all of them fall under attack you know, by, by people who accuse them of many different things but just don't think they should be doing what they're doing. But they're, on social media, if not the, the mainstream media, they sure are getting a lot of attention. And I didn't cover this with you, but... Um... You also have been reported on the other side a little bit too, um, in previous stories and previous reporting about the, you know what you call the resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I didn't name them. They're okay, the they, self-named. You're right. The <laughs> anti-Trump resistance. I've pointed out because you know sometimes what I like to do in reporting is not necessarily attack and challenge the whole time. You don't necessarily learn as much, but to profile. So I have profiled the anti-Trump resistance twice on my program Full Measure, just kind of getting in the minds, the nonviolent people, not the Antifa, but just sort of the movement of people who, after Trump was elected, vowed that for the next four years they would do a nonstop fight against the things that, you know, legal fight against the things that he was standing for. So I thought this was a good look at the flip side, you know, a little bit of challenging in there, but mostly just learning about the people behind the movement. Yeah, and... and I, you know, knowing nothing about any of this prior to reporting on this with you, I think it, I, I feel like I learned a lot and I think um, hopefully people by listening to this and, and maybe reading about it and, and watching our program um, will also learn about it. I think it's, I, I think it's, it is interesting to see, um, especially young, quote unquote, younger um, activists trying to, to, 
you know, make their way in the political process. Because I'll say it, in the media, you're getting a lot of narratives. And if they don't want you to see someone just doesn't find this movement compelling or something they want to put before you, you won't ever know about it otherwise, except maybe on our show. So if you do want to watch the interview with Candace Owens and learn more, it's on November, is it November 10th, this Sunday that we're looking at. After that point, you can watch it online at fullmeasure.news. Um, I think we're calling it Blexit or Walk Away. You'll be able to find it if you search there. So I hope you find that very much off narrative and something you didn't know all about before. And thank you to Daniel. Yeah, it's great to be here. You'll be back with us maybe next week. because Yeah, we've got another great story. Don't tell them what it is yet, but you're back next week. This is what? Come on, this is the fastest moving podcast, right? Or most the fastest growing podcast because remember, I love saying that we started at zero. <laughs> so anything above that, we are skyrocketing. And you also have another podcast, right? Yes. If you like off narrative, you know, discussions, the Cheryl Atkinson podcast is the other one. Subscribe to both of those. Share it with your friends. We really appreciate it. So thanks, Daniel. Think for yourself, right? Yeah. Make up your own mind and do your own research. Great to be with you.